Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. There's a special episode today. Um, dear friend of uh, of mine and uh, just a great, great guy. Amazing actor. Um, you know him from White Collar, of course. Sex in the City, Groundhog Day, The Bellman on Amazon, which he starred in with myself and Tom Lennon, uh, which is how I met Willie Garson. Um and became instant friends, which I think is the case for most people that meet Willie, because he's just one of the most genuinely kind, hilarious, considerate human people, which I know is like a redundant thing to say, but in the truest sense of someone where you go, I just, I want to be around you. An infectious laugh, you want to make them laugh. You know, like those are the people I gravitate towards that make me feel good when I make them feel good. Does that make sense? Uh, Willie lost his battle um, this week with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, which he kept a secret from uh, pretty much everybody. Um, I'm sure his son and close family members knew, but uh, he battled and... um, my fiance and I saw him last June. We spent the day in New York together when we were out there. He was getting ready to shoot the new Sex in the City, which he was so fired up about, which was just so great to see him so positive and upbeat and, and excited. He loved to work. He just loved it. And he was such a, you know, um, staple of the Hollywood business. It's like you have probably seen the uh, attention that his passing is... Uh, it's still very weird just to say that. I, I, I mean, fuck. When I when we saw him in June, we were making plans to hang out later this fall. We were going to come visit him at his house in New Orleans at uh, this amazing house he just bought and fixed up, which he wanted to like retire at and go live at for a while. He was getting some experimental treatments, I guess, shortly after we saw him in June, and um, and uh, those didn't go the way that he wanted and so he'd started some chemo and I guess that just really took it out of him and he said he didn't want to fight and that was that um hanging out in New York was so great he uh we walked around after lunch for a while we gossiped he we talked about projects we would do together I think we talked about a show where we kind of traveled around to rodeos and found like the best rodeo clown in like small town markets People would take pictures with him, come up to him. One person chased him down the street and said, I I love you so much. And I'm such a fan. You're like my favorite actor. And she chased him all the way down the street. And Willie was like, she's like, you, you, it was worth the picture. And he said, well, this is my workout program where I make people chase me <laughs> to lose weight and get in shape. He's like, I saw you. I just kept walking. It's really funny. And then we were outside Starbucks and and uh, somebody stopped him for a picture. And I, I screamed as I went into the coffee shop, which is where we left Willie, which is the last time I saw him. And uh, I go, it's not the real Willie Garson. I go, it's a fake Willie. And he just laughed and looked at me and gave me the finger. <laughs> it, um, it's just yet another reminder, unfortunately, how fucking quick life can be. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in the pretty high double digits of people uh in my life that uh 
have impacted me greatly that have passed in the last three to four years. And man, I don't want to say I'm developing thick skin for it because I'm not at all. Each one takes a little piece of me out. Uh, but it's definitely encouraging more of a mindset to truly attack each day. It, and whatever that means to you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I'm like, I'm going to hike every mountain. I'm going to, you know, work out every day. I'm going to make, I'm going to make the most of it for whatever that means to me. You know what I'm saying? Whether that means taking a chill day and being so present, being off my phone and, and being selective about who I spend my time with because, uh, Willie was 57 and not done by any means living. And, uh, it's just gut wrenching to see people that are so full of life have it taken away. I don't get it. It's just not fair. And I don't know what else to say other than that. It's not fair. He got it so quick and just didn't want to fight it. And I don't know what that's like. He sent out a mass email to a lot of family and friends. And uh, I reached out to him and sent him a real sweet, funny message telling him the Bellman 2 was <laughs> getting made and only Jonathan Kite was returning. And he sent me back the same message, I guess, that he sent everybody, which was no words. I love you. I don't know what that's like to be in that position where he asked everyone, he said, don't reach out, don't come see me, don't call. I know this is difficult. He's like, I'm beside myself knowing I'm going to leave my son. I just, uh, I just don't know really what to say other than uh, you have to really make the most of what you're doing here. And it's so cliche to say, don't sweat the small stuff and be kind and be good to people, you know, because there is so many opportunities in life and in your day to day to, to be upset and to get riled up over things that, that, that matter or don't matter depending on, you know, I never like to say, I think I said this on the pod once and Brad made fun of me when I said problems are problems are problems. Like your, your problems are your problems are your problems. I think it was John Raninsky who made fun of me actually. Um, and uh, I just, I just think that uh, the more, the more you can try to adapt that uh, outlook, the better, right? And it sucks that it takes death and things that really rip your heart out to give you that clarity and sense of direction. But um, I'm really trying to live that way, top to bottom, and make the most of my days and make the most of my life and uh, and be content with what's happening, but still be hungry, you know? But I suffer from that quite a bit of, not looking in the rearview mirror a lot and always looking ahead. And uh, there's so much stuff to be grateful for. Uh, um, and there's so much to be thirsty for. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should have to minimize their, uh, their uh, you know, passionate feelings towards what they're trying to achieve in life. Um, just to kind of, you know, soak up the the day-to-day moments more and, and be more of a... Uh, be more present, which is another thing that Willie was so good at. And I just miss him. And uh, I feel incredibly just grateful, for lack of a better word, that I got to even be friends with him. But it was so quick. I've never met someone so quick that I've bonded with and connected with and loved as a human so much. 
truly. And, uh, and I hope you're resting and I hope you're, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what happens after this, but I wish he was still here. Um, hug the people in your life that are close to you. Laugh as much as possible. Smile as much as possible. And don't take for granted the people in your life that make you feel good. You know? That's one thing I'm learning is like being selective with your time and who you surround yourself with is a pretty cool thing to figure out. And not everybody cares about you the way you care about them. So figure that out and cut those people out and get uh, get excited about the people in your life that give a fuck. You know? Willie was one of those guys. He gave a fuck about everybody in his life. And he was uh, as sweet as can be and as, f- as funny as can be. And you're going to hear that in today's uh, replay of the... Uh, Willie Garson episode featuring Jonathan Kite that we did, uh, I think, May or June into COVID when everything was shut down. It was right after The Bellman came out. Um, and uh, and we had a lot of laughs. You'll just enjoy the shit out of this and get why Willie was so beloved from top to bottom. Um, all right. Enjoy this episode. See you guys next week. Be good. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's comedy in your ears, which we all love. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the About Last Night podcast with my boy, uh, Adam Ray. Put your fucking ear, on earbuds in. <clears throat> Can you? Oh, hold on. I, you know what works? You know what really helps is if I put this oh, in the device. Man. Classic, classic Garson. And I've been waiting to say that. Oh, there the you are. Pandemic. Classic Garson. Hold on. Can I get a classic Garson? Sounds like what you would get at the Jewish deli that was. Like trying to get back on their feet post pandemic, but no one was really going in because everyone's still kind of like, do I want to go? Like the classic Garson's good. Look, what do you get? You get it's a it's an egg bread. No, it's you're, you're, <laughs> you're terrible at improv. <laughs> no end. <laughs> there right? it is. That's yeah. how improv yeah. works. Yeah. No yeah, end. Yeah. yeah. Um, classic Wait, what, Garson would get chicken noodle soup or matzo ball soup. I love this. And a uh, and a pastrami with uh, on rye with were just, uh, what were you just doing by the way? Were you just shaving someone's back? What were you? I was. I was. <laughs> there, looks, there he looks is. Good. <laughs> it looks good, clean. Nice cut. Oh my god! Um, Wait, okay. Chick- matzo pastrami, ball, chicken noodle Russian soup, dressing. Ooh. Coleslaw. Russian dressing in these times. <laughs> good night, everybody. I'm getting out on that, dude. This is gonna be the shortest podcast <laughs> in these times. You know, 
uh, your other guest today, yeah, uh, Jonathan Kite, who I heard is Jewish. I, I don't know. Um, I took him to Langer's for a pastrami sandwich. Actually, wow. Yeah, uh, I love that you're a uh, a food guy. Who isn't? I, like, I love by the way when people are like, "I'm a food guy. I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm an outdoors okay, I'm gonna girl." Tell, I'm going to tell you a great story. Great. So. Uh, people should know, by the way, Willie Garson, when you, I hope that strangers find themselves on a movie shoot in Tucson, lucky enough to become friends of, with someone they've been a fan of and, and, and have everything live up to your stories. You might have some of the best, you might like, you can't hang out with Willie Garson and have five minutes go by where he goes, funny story and have the story actually live up. Because I know a lot of people that tell shitty it stories. Sound, it sounds like I'm a blabbermouth now. Now it sounds like no. he never shuts up. Willie Carson no, no. never shuts up. Well, yeah, but you know, but you're always backing it up. It's like an athlete that talks shit and then backs up with his play. You go, oh funny yeah, I'm story. gonna take him down. I'm gonna take you down. I'm gonna take you down. And then airball. Like, when you yeah, when you said funny when you've said <laughs> when you've said funny story, it's never not been a funny story. So proceed. Well, this is more an inter- apropos of what you were just talking about, uh, Jose Cuervo. Nice. Was running, uh, my friend Jose Cuervo um, was running a sweepstakes uh, okay. the last month leading up to Cinco de Mayo, leading up to May 5th. Okay. If, if you ate at a local, local Mexican restaurant, like it can't be a chain, and you took a picture of your favorite dish okay. and sent them the picture and the receipt, they were going to pick out slips. Uh, up to $25,000 a day and pay for up to $30 of your meal. Wow. So, so, I'm, wow. so I'm telling this to my annoying friend who always is exactly what you're saying. Always says, Oh, I'm such a food guy. I'm a, I'm a foodie. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I had Mexican this week. Um, Paquito Mas. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what they're talking about. <laughs> Paquito Moss. Yeah, Paquito Moss is not really like I mean, I don't know where I would rank it in the Mexican fast food eateries. It's, by the way, it's delicious. It is. Uh, you know, but uh, it's not yeah. what I'm it's not what they were talking about. The like, true foodies aren't like, you know what's really like an unexpected delicacy? The spicy beefy gordita. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. uh my old girlfriend and I, we had never neither of us had ever been to a red lobster. And we wanted to go see Yikes. what that was. If you, by the way, I'll take things I never want to hear at a bris for five hundred, Alex. I've never been to a Red Lobster. Come on, dude. Here's the thing, you know you can't you can't buy a lobster at Red Lobster. You can buy lobster tails, like frozen lobster tails. You can't order like a steamed lobster, like a lobster. Are you serious? I'm completely serious, and that's. Uh, that's absurd. Why has absurd. anyone called them out on this? Have there been any Yelp reviews or documentaries? I don't, I don't know. I haven't gotten to the bottom of this, but I, I'm an East Coast person. You are. And, you know, we get lobsters, like an actual lobster, and you cook the lobster, and then you eat it. Is that a – like is, now, is that a seafood aficionado thing, or is that like an East Coast thing of being like, look, I want what it says. Like, be – give me – like, if it looks – yeah, by the way, <laughs> I know that I already come off East Coasty, so I have to do a really stereotypical, like, hey, 
Go down to the corner of Baba Booey and Meatball, and there'll be Tony Danza and Paul Giamatti tap dancing in front of a. In oh front of my a God! I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a reading. I'm doing a reading of a script tonight. That like literally every character is like, "Hey, what do you mean? We what do you mean? Your mother? You know your mother? Like, I mean, literally every line." It's I'm like, not mad about that. Well, what I, is, I don't know. I don't know are, if it sustains an hour TV show. Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it for? a potential project or is it just like a, Hey, let's read an old script and pass the time. You know, I think there's a lot of that going on, but, which is fine uh, by the way. No uh, absolutely. Judgment. I guess it's something that they would like to make at some point. So right. they're having a reading just, just to hear the words. We just want to hear the words. <laughs> That's what we were told. How is, uh, how is Willie Garson's cold reading skills? R good. Really how good. are they? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, Except have you, I, I once got in a fight uh, at, at an audition. With a Red with, Lobster it, employee? No. <laughs> Where's my lobster? <laughs> I, I ordered lobster. What? I'll show you a Red Lobster, pal. All right, dude. Um, <laughs> same script. It's in yeah. the same script. <laughs> but, but uh, no, I, I was doing reading, and the word was there, and uh, you're going to think I'm incredibly stupid. The word was on the page. M I S L E D. Uh, I read it as missled. It's oh misled, god. by the way. Oh god! And I'm like, I, I turn. I'm. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what. I don't know what that means. I don't. I know what missled means. And they're like, they're looking at me like I have a horn coming out of my. Like, I'm, what? Like, yeah, missled. It's, it says missled. I don't know what that is. Uh, this went on for five minutes. Did anyone speak up, or were they all just kind of looking at each other like? Like well, finally, real. someone said, you know, when, when you lead someone the wrong way, you, you've misled them. Oh, misled. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's when you knew you were dyslexic. Uh, that, hey, say it. <laughs> I just had a stroke. What? what uh, <laughs> and what? that picture was called Spartacus. <laughs> Wait, do, uh, do, you, do you get nervous? So you've never been, like, nervous in a cold read? Do you think that was, like, nerves? I'm nervous or? all the time. You are, huh? Oh, yeah. How do you deal with it? For all what the do you young mean? aspiring actors, like how do you, how do you lock in? Is this stuff? is this is this what your show has become, a a primer for aspiring actors? Like, <laughs> hey, fuck you and your lobster. Go go read a Bronx Tale, or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> That's how did you know? It's called the Bronx Tale too. Hilarious. <laughs> Even Bronx here. <laughs> Wait, uh, a Bronx, a Bronx. We're bringing the Bronx. <laughs> Wait, no, I. Hey, man, there's a lot of uh, young actors and comedians that listen to this pod for sure. And look, hold dude, on, now define a lot. I, I need, like, when you say Josh Zuckerman, uh, um, Toby Keith's grandson. Oh, he's amazing, by the way. <laughs> Robin Keith, yeah. No, um, there just are. I get I get messages all the time. No, uh, how do you I, how do you deal with being nervous? It, uh, for some people, it it uh, fuels them. For some people, it shuts them down. If if you're an actor, it has to fuel you because you're going to be nervous all the time. And if you don't find a way to let it, you know, push you forward. Has there ever been a gig? I, I mean, have to say my light. My lighting choice is really bad today. It's not awful, but it's not great. But it's well, it's very usable. I can make it even more better. Nice. Can we try that Just sentence again, though, first? One second. 
One sec. Let's see. Oh my God! You've made all the difference. A, a, a little better. Right there. Great. Right there. Way better. Yeah. Willie, you've uh, look. You you've you've done everything. So. Um, Never played a professional ball. Would you like to in a movie or show? Would you, if you were asked to play? I mean, right now you've got like assistant coach, WNBA vibes for a role, right? But WNBA star. <laughs> Too soon. Um, uh, would you? Um, would you, if you right now were where there was some role, and I don't know what the story would be, where you had to get in phenomenal athlete shape? Like, let's say, like, do you ever see Dennis Quaid in the Rookie? That Disney movie, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So let's say there's a story like that where where a, a, a you know um, a, a guy is uh, has an opportunity at uh, at his dad stage of life to you know really kind of make good on some athletic desires that he didn't when he was younger, and they were like, "Willie, totally, look. Do, I would, t- I would be so down for that." Wow, that's awesome. That would be great because you know here's the thing: when you get to be an old actor. Uh, <laughs> Older. You're not old. Older. How about a uh, seasoned, seasoned actor? I love that. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you don't prepare as much as you used to when you were a younger actor. Right. So you never feel like you're doing anything. Right. Like I, I still, if it's based in something that needs some knowledge, I still go to the same place I always went to uh, 30 years ago. Okay. And that's the Beverly Hills Library. For real? For real. But it's rare that I have to go now because the roles aren't about anything. It's just like some guy who happens to be, you know. Run a hotel in Tucson. A lawyer. Or whatever. Yeah. Guy who, guy's an assistant <laughs> manager at a hotel in Tucson. You mean there was no prep for the Bellman? Which, by the way, streaming now on Amazon and iTunes. Go get it. It's already winning. It's already won awards. But, hey, the Oscars, thank God they've been postponed. I know. I know. Wait. It would have been. It would have shocked a lot of people, like into really, really bad health condition. What sort of uh, prep did you do for that? <laughs> um, well, I had a lot of prep for that because it was about a seven-hour drive. Oh, that's right, you drove. So that was my prep mostly was the cool. drive. Cool. Yeah. And what did you do? Just, I mean, aside from you know doing a lot of deep imaginative character development, did you? Yeah. Do you have like friends? I'm always curious, like people at, at your level, do you, like if you get a, take a fucking compliment, dude, or the Willie Classic is off the menu. Uh, do you, did you call anybody like that works at a hotel and go, hey, like no, well, give me some, some sort I mean, of the vibe. Not, like it's not, it's not far off from, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the food business. Like I own restaurants. Tell people. I've done. I've done every job that you can imagine in the restaurant world. So it's not that it's service is service uh, to me. Uh, so it, it wasn't that far off to, to play someone who works in a hotel or in a store, even, you know, it's service is service. And uh, right. so it's not like I was playing a brain surgeon that I would, I would want to spend time with a brain surgeon. I was- uh, you would do that, right? You wouldn't just I drive to. A, would, you wouldn't yeah. just drive to a seven-hour hospital. No, seven hours to Tucson General uh, Hospital. <laughs> um. So, so we, you know, you've been on the podcast before with uh, with Bradley Williams, who 
is no longer a part of the podcast, but he could be under your chair. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> first of all, had you met a little person before you met Brad? I have a very good friend who's a little person. Oh, we get it. You work. What's his name or her name? His name is Danny Woodburn. Oh, shit. Very famous. The best, <laughs> the best of the little people. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? It's not a competition. It is if you put them in potato sacks. Now do... And then I know a lot of others because I, I used to do a lot of sitcoms. And when you yeah, do yeah. sitcoms uh, that have children in them, you're often working with little people because they do all the uh, lighting and stand-in. Are you... I didn't even think about that. Does yeah. Brad... So, be, wow. I wonder... Now, is that a thing of the past? Now, they have they changed like the hours for kids where they can do their own... Or they don't get other kids stand-ins. It's truly no. They're all in. They're on school. The kid, you know, does the rehearsal, and then they say, "Okay, let's grab an hour of school," and the kid goes off to school, and then a wow. little person covers them for lighting and uh, and rehearsal. Wow. Uh, have have you uh, have you gone back during this time to look at stuff you've been in and been like, "Boy, no. what happened? How, where did it all go wrong?" No. Where did it all go wrong? Do you ever go? <laughs> um, Red Lobster, the musical. Did you? Uh, you don't ever go. Go. Go ahead. Have you ever eaten at an Arby's? Oh, dude, not in a while. But that's got to like. If I was it's like the like, Rock it, and did like, here's my cheat meal, dude. That would be every time my cheat meal would be a beef and cheddar. That place is unbelievable. I thought it was like uh, like horse hide. I thought it, I was shocked at how bad it was. Yeah, it probably is not food. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Any that, place that when you pull up, they already like you're starting to order and they already have it like right there. It's like, dude, I'm never when you get fast food, you just have to kind of throw caution to the wind and go in with the understanding that this food wasn't made today. I don't care. Subway, eat fresh. They're telling you to eat fresh. They're telling yeah. you to go somewhere go, else. Go elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. But people are such dum-dums that they're like, this place is fresh veggies, fresh what bread. Is, okay, if, no if you way, man. Have, uh, if you had to have a, a fast food meal, uh, what's your absolute go-to? And you can't say in and out by the way, because that's – I don't consider that – it's in a different realm. But, like uh, – What's my favorite if I need, if I'm just jonesing and I, I want to go And they're all it. lined up. You're on that road uh, next Figueroa. to the comedy, next <laughs> to HaHa's Lounge or wherever the hell you're doing your gig that night or the Chuckle Hut or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, well, dude, they're, they both closed during this pandemic, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, I missed So them. there was actually a row at uh, USC on Figueroa, right? Perpendicular to the campus uh, that had, we call it the Vegas of fast food because literally on one street, you had, I mean, you name it, dude, Fat Burger, Whataburger, Tommy Burger, McDonald's, BK, Taco Bell, Del Taco, Wendy's Jack in the Box, uh, a 7-Eleven, just for good measure, a Popeye's. Um, oh, Popeyes I'm for, I'm, good. So good. I'm forgetting some, but, the, uh, dude, that, I mean, just all next week, a Subway, a KFC, a, uh, a Carl's Jr. Dude, unreal. Amazing. My, Amazing. I went to visit, uh, to audition for the theater school. I stayed with a kid who was a year above me in high school, and he was a freshman there in his frat because I was like, oh, I'll go stay with him and not, I guess, be in a hotel by myself. And 
stay with him and then and get to hang and then audition for my future. Dude, I smoked pot for the first time out of a bong because I'm in a frat and you can't turn down peer pressure when you're in a frat, even if you are, you know, 17. Right. And, uh, and I went, I got high, Irish goodbye to the frat party, went to the row, was just looking up just like fucking Mary Tyler Moore when she got to New York City or whatever that show's about. And, uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, sure. but that's for, okay. For sure. <laughs> Imagine going to Vegas for the first time as a young 21-year-old where you're like, oh, my God, there's the, there's the Caesars Palace and the Bellagio, and there's a Denny's with a marquee that makes it look more impressive than it is. So I see that with the strip of fast food. I created this game for myself where I go, let me get one thing from every place. Amazing. Got, Willie, it was the best slash worst night. I go back. Then I'm just – I got so sick. My audition's at 9.30 in the morning. Wake up. I had to do two monologues, one dramatic, one funny. Willie, I was so sick that I didn't give a fuck. I literally go, all I want to do is get in and get out and go throw up and shit myself. And you and were get- probably great. Unreal. <laughs> I was unreal. I, and, and I remember even walking out, rushing to a bathroom and being like, fuck. And then as soon as like the dust settled, I was like, I think I'm going to get in. And, it's and amazing. That, but anyway, so I, I really, yeah, it's, have you, have you that's ever? A great, that's a great audition story. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. I wonder if they knew too, because I. They might have, but like. I, I probably still had like French fried dripping from my lip or, you know. It's, fun, it's funny you say when I, when I, when I first got out of college, I had no job or anything. And it was summer uh, in New York. And my, my roommate and I from college got a, su- a sublet uh, for the summer in New York. And it was so hot. I mean, it was like that, that whole summer was like 110 degrees. Right. No air conditioning. And Bruce, my roommate, had a job. So he would leave in the morning and go to work. And I would lie on the floor in the living room sweating, uh, watching television all day. And I, every day I'd go put one application in at a bar or a restaurant and uh and then i'd come back to the floor and uh, i got a call one day like hey come down we wanted we we got your application come over and it was only like four blocks away i ran over there it's a bartending job i got hired i came home back on the floor sweating watching television my roommate bruce comes home from work i'm like hey guess what dude i got a job like two nights a week I'm going to make like $900 a week. Like yes. I'm loaded. Yes. And uh, he goes, oh my God, that's awesome. He goes, you, you know, you have a uh, toilet paper, like all over your face, right? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, what happened was in the morning when I got up, I shaved and cut the hell out of my face. I had toilet paper literally all over my face. Oh my when they God. called, I ran to the meeting. I never looked in a mirror or anything. Holy and I got, shit. I got hired with toilet paper all over my face. And I thought, God, they must have think like, oh, that's so cute. He was so excited. He, he cut the hell out of his face <laughs> like, like to come over here. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. actually hired me. Like if I showed up to work like that, they would say, get out of here. You're, you're yeah, bleeding yeah. all over the bar. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> was it, uh, wait, well, and when was that? Uh, that was in 57. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to 
dispute that and just go along? Uh, it was, uh, that was uh, 1985. Wow. For real. Wow. Yeah, that, do you, was there a point when you stopped getting nervous for auditions or were you always, because you know, you hear some people go, if I'm not a little nervous, I don't raise my game and truly right. dialed in. So, and I feel that way with stand-up where I try to allow a little bit of nerves to come in so that I, I just really get my shit together and make sure that I, I deliver the way I know I can. But in auditions, I've had sometimes have that really take me out of it to where I start to spiral and I'm like forgetting lines or thinking about how I'm fucking it up. And then it's just a, you're in the right. twilight zone. But was there a time though, because you've I you mean, know, no. now we're getting to a point to a point where self tapes and who even knows after this is like the way of it now to where you can really take it. But the I mean, you really lived in the era where it's like, you know, you go in, you like you got it. You got all the people. It's the live fix of it all an aspect. Who knows how that will remain in our business? But like that's that makes you better. I would I would venture. Well, to I mean, I feel I always feel like. Not to be as pretentious as it's going to sound, but I, I kind of follow the advice of Bruce Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen says, you know, the reason his shows are so epic is because he honestly is thinking about there's someone in the audience tonight that this is their only chance to see me in concert. So I, I owe it to them to give them the best show possible. And the same thing with, um, with auditions. It's generally, this is my only chance to get this job. Right. So, so I'm not going to get another chance. I may get a chance at another job tomorrow, but this is my only chance to get this job. Right. So, and this is, this may be the only time they've ever seen me or will see me. And so you got, I, I always, the only time I got a little bit when I, I, I got very hot for a while in commercials and I had like oh, really? three, I had three or four directors who used me every commercial in rotation. Fuck. That's how it works, right? Once you get yeah. in. Oh, it was amazing. Jesus. And so my my audition for those was always, you know, it was always the callback. I didn't right. have to go in. Right. And then I had to go to the callback for the agency and the you know the advertiser and the client. And uh and I I definitely had some swagger because no matter what, you know, Graham Henman, uh David Kellogg, Fincher. Michael Bay, they were going to use me in every commercial. Mm. So I knew that they were more important a director than the, than the client was. Right. So that was great. I mean, those were terrific times. Like I made so much money in commercials. And then I started say. to be recognized for acting and I couldn't get commercials anymore. So did that bum me out? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot of money. I, I, when I got on, uh, when I got on NYPD blue, and people started to know who I was. I knew it was over. My, Michael Michael Bay, who I went to college with, I was in everything he did um, until I wasn't. And then uh, he used to do the Got Milk campaign. Michael and Bay did the Got Milk commercials. He did. And Those are some of the I, best commercials of all time. Of course. And I I went in, and uh, uh, NYPD Blue. I just started on the show. And I heard, you know, there's a, when you go in for the final audition, there's a screen up in the room and the clients are sitting behind it uh, on a couch and they're, and you're in the room with them, but you're not, you don't see them. And I heard them talking 
And one of them goes, isn't that like the murderer? <laughs> is, that the, is that the murderer from NYPD Blue? <laughs> and the other one's, yeah, that's that creepy guy. And, and, I, and I left and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, this is over now. Like, like the commercial thing is over. <laughs> Welcome to King Squaro Hotel. May I have your last name, please? Good morning, ma'am. Can I help you? Oh, my, what happened? Bellmen are clumsy and stupid. Still a bellman. You've had this job since high school, right? Well, actually, now I am the bell captain. Oh, all right, kid. You ready for check-ins? I was born. I think he was going to say I was born ready. Steve's the captain. Captain Steve. The closest thing we have to a god on earth. Gunther Gashimane! It's worse than I thought. He's a complete slimeball, right? Oh, yeah, no question. Do you feel my foot on your foot? That's not me. There's something under the table that feels like a foot. What are you doing right now? I'm working. I got a promotion. I just lied to Kelly. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I just want another shot. Sid Whitman worked his way up the ladder and bought the hotel. Mr. Boss! Do me a favor. Take it easy on the bellman, would you? I'd rather have crack guard melt my balls. Take care, boys. I mean, it's a huge scam. And those girls were in on it, too. Don't you want to know what our bodies are capable of? Yes, oh, yes, so definitely. I just work here during the day, but I'm, my nights is off. Let's do this! Gunther is conning everyone with spirit fresh. <laughs> you broke into a guest room! This! He's unacceptable. He has been impersonating a manager. And that is a felony. I don't think that's a felony. He should be fired! Get set! I'm not sure he's ready for... Shut up, bitch. <laughs> with our minds, we begin to urinate, and then, for real, into our pants. Uh, the, um, the commercial money has, obviously, it's not what it used to be, so that's probably, obviously, why you were so bummed out, but then act, but like being on the series that you've been on, uh, white collar sex in the city NYPD blue. I mean, and then just countless guest star appearances and movies. You wouldn't, do you ever sit back and go, man, if I like, you look at the flow progressive girl, she, I don't think I've seen her in anything since yep. she really hit. She probably doesn't give a fuck, but guess what? She probably has moments where she, right. I mean, like you, you want everything I until am, you get it, but I mean, I could not, I could not make it to my callback for uh can you hear me now the the phone guy can you hear me now wait what i couldn't make it to the callback i was working and i was so upset and i'm like well maybe they won't find the guy today and they'll have another session oh like no it's a callback for a commercial they'll find the guy today they're gonna find the guy today because they have choice they they like all those guys Yeah. yeah Wait a second. That's crazy. And that guy. Well, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if that were the case. Countless millions of dollars later, that guy. Now, I. Yeah, but he's a dick. I saw him in sweatpants once when we left. We both were actually at a. uh, (laughs) I like, by the way, how I paired those two thoughts. He's a dick. I saw him in sweats in public, (laughs) just flaunting around his comfort level. (laughs) No, he walked out of a, uh, a voiceover session. 
and I was, I had to, was in this place deep in the valley and I see him walking out and I go, Hey, and he turned around and he goes, just kind of like made a face like you fucking, you damn right. It's me. And, uh, uh and uh, I wanted to say something funny and witty just to have a moment. Like, you know, Hey, I couldn't hear it very well today or something like, like, uh, I don't know, but he, he walked out with a, with a swagger that he didn't give a fuck. Cause he's probably uh, like, I could buy, I could buy an Island. I could I, buy. I guess. I mean, uh, listen, you don't, you, you, you don't want that in, life. You know, you know this, you come into this business either to be famous, which is fine. Make a lot of money, which is fine. Or to tell stories and be what you like to call yourself some kind of an artist. Yeah. And, uh, I, you got all three. He, I doubt that you can try to be all three. I doubt you got all he does check all three boxes. Fuck no. I guarantee you his stories consist of this. So, uh, I saw this funny uh, YouTube video today where, so it's, do you guys know when, remember Flight of the Navigator? And you go, dude, I'm going to go. It's, it's already past my bedtime. And he's like, but it's two. And you go, yeah, I started going to bed at, at, look, I hate you. And then everyone just gets real honest with him. And he's like, what gives? And they're like, can you hear me now? Fuck off. And oh then he's like, my God. You just made a whole scenario for like a bad day for that poor guy. I know. He's, he's trying probably to make a, a li- <laughs> You know, listen, I, I, it's probably I've, a been, sweetheart. I've been interviewed before once or twice. And they always talk about, you know, like the great shows. I've been on really good shows. So I've been really lucky. But I certainly have gone off after horrible shows with the same gusto as I went after the shows that I got. And you just get what you get. And my example is always like, you know, Gilligan pro- could have wanted to have been a Shakespearean actor, but after Gilligan's Island, he spent the rest of his life doing boat shows. I mean, and, you know, because what are you going to, who's going to hire you to play anything other than Gilligan? Yeah. He um, didn't, he never did anything after that, did he? No. Well, he apparently smoked a ton of weed. Yes. Uh, which is great. And, uh, and went to boat shows, which probably, you know, if you do, I don't know, I don't know how many boat shows there are, but I imagine getting Bob Denver to your boat show cost a pretty penny. And yeah. if he did five a year, I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> Bob Denver. Why didn't Bob Denver from Gilligan's Island, who played Gilligan in the title role, why didn't Bob Denver and John Denver ever work together on something and call it like, I don't know, Double D or... You know, from Denver. One night in Denver. One night in Denver. (laughs) That's the stage show. And it's John Denver singing the Gilligan's Island theme song on an island that Bob Denver lives. Fucking shut up, Willie. Let me finish this. This is going to be a real show. (laughs) Bob Denver is living on an island away from Hollywood. John Denver gets a residency on that island and is singing... And, and he starts pissing off Bob Denver because he's like, I thought nobody was on this island. And Denver's like, think again, bitch. <laughs> like, We're going to have to edit that out, John. You can't improvise. No. He's like, nobody tells me how to act. And they go, well, actually, we, we all do because I'm the director. That's the producer. Can you take a couple notes? And then Bob Denver shows up and like pulls a fire alarm and shuts down the opening night. So John Denver goes, I'm going to make it my life's purpose to sing the Gilligan's Island theme song every night and make a shit ton of money. And so that Bob Denver, uh, fucking 
kills him. Improv's tough, Willie. But I think that Okay, look, so the show is called, by the way, Denver is Enough. That's the name of the show. And <laughs> here's the other thing. I worked with John Denver. Wow, of course you did. Yeah. Holy shit. So would he go for it? I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um I don't Wait, know, you know, very, very nice guy. I had a little trob- trouble with the liquids. Uh, enjoyed liquid refreshments. Powerade or all sport? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Post, post-athletic hydrating As long as it was uh, 151 proof. And then, but he was lovely. Uh, at the end of the day, he would buy uh, cases of beer, put them outside his room, and sit on the step of his trailer and take out his guitar and sing songs to the crew. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a real thing. Uh, Willie, before I bring out our, um, our second... Our uh, special guest. Our you special know, so you guest. say it, your special guest. I do want to um, say how good you are on the Bellman and how fun that experience was. It was, look, had you, not, uh, had you gotten the Verizon commercial, would have never met you, and uh, all of our lives have been better from it. You were like the glue to that film where you were the best uh, actor, the best dressed. You brought a car. You knew like the cool spots to go to. You, you, had, uh, you asked the right questions during the making of the movie. You were always good, so it made everybody want to be better. Um, oh, my God. And it was nice. And I- you were just – you were so fun, which is like – because, you know, it, when you're in a hotel, as we were for almost a month – a resort, if you will, and uh, and making the movie that we are making, The Bellman, out now on Amazon and iTunes, which is so fucking silly. <laughs> if you can't, if we're not having fun outside of that, which I think all translated to the screen, and we probably could have even gone further. But yep, but no, uh, I agree. I agree. I do. I do suffer sometimes of being a bit of a cheerleader on a set like that because we're we're all there. We all have a common goal. You want to make, you know, you want to make something good. And you want to really enjoy making it, especially if it's something. I don't know if it's that kind of com- camaraderie uh, when you're making Schindler's List, but when you're making something like mm-hmm. this, it's like you really want everyone to have fun, and it does translate to the screen. Yeah, it, you know, Sarah Jessica, what a name to drop! But Sarah Jessica, hey always, dude, she's a dear friend, and you were a huge part of that show. I would but be, before I would before open every, every fucking conversation with Sarah Jessica. Said before every take. Before every take uh, starts, uh, tell me a joke. Always. And then you tell her a joke. She's laughing. Roll it. And then we go. Oh. That was always true. I mean, with her and I. And it, and it totally reads on the screen. Totally reads. Now, uh, wow, that's, that's... Or her that's, favorite is... Her, her favorite was, do George Jefferson. Quick, do George Jefferson. And I go, okay, Wheezy, I'm coming. And, I, and then, like, roll. And, then, and that, that's it. That's all you need to do. What if you did a joke that bombed? Would she be like, okay, roll, but also oh get me another Oh, my God. I told, I told a joke that bombed so bad the other day. Um, it was the day that the Bellmen came out, which is available on iTunes and Amazon. Nice. There's the plug. <laughs> There's the Willie Classic you can get. Uh, I... I uh, my son and I make uh, lunches for homeless people. Um, I know. That's incredible that you guys do yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Every, you know, everyone should just do it. We don't make a lot. We make like 10. It's not a big deal, but 
it's great that everyone anything, does something. dude. If you're even flexing the muscle of being actively generous, you're doing something. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, his family comes to drop off some uh, where we all meet to drop it off uh, with these two kids, and there was a snail on the wall. And I say to the kid, one kid was like maybe six. The other one was three, so that was a lost cause. But the six-year-old, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm going to tell you a joke. The six-year-old. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking the six-year-old can handle this joke. I said, you see that snail? I said, you know, let me tell you a story. A, a guy was sitting in his living room, and he got a knock on the door, and he opens the door, and a snail is there. And he picks up the snail, and he throws it across the street. And the kid's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, he threw that snail far. Three years later, later, there's a knock on the door. And the guy opens the door. And the snail says to him, what was that for? So the kid kid is looking at me like I just killed his parents. Like you've you've stolen my childhood. Because I don't understand anything about the joke. And I don't know why you're even talking to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think I would have understood that joke when I was six years old. I Probably. Think so. Look, six-year-olds have a different sensibility. My nephew tells me jokes with like this, you know, Andrew Diced Clay type delivery where he's like, why the chicken cross the road? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, he's got six different alts, by the way. The answer he usually goes with is because, because he's a chicken. I'm like, all right. Okay, he just became John Mulaney. For some reason, he just turned yeah. into John Why? Mulaney. Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> because he had an appointment across the street and the freeways was shut down. No, but he, uh, he's just got, you know, six-year-olds. At least, like, I love that they even want to attempt comedy. Like, that's oh, it's, it's at fantastic. an early age. Yeah. Do, do, you, uh, do you, Does he know the cheeseburger joke? What's that? From the SNL sketch with John Belushi? From the, uh... No, no, no. No, the guy walks into the library and, and says to the librarian, I'd like, a, I'd like a cheeseburger and fries, please. And she goes, uh, sir, this is a library. He goes, oh, sorry. I'd like a cheeseburger and fries, please. Okay, so tell that to your nephew, because they, they all get that joke. That's a good joke. Here's one they told me the other day, which I used during their show and tell that I did over Zoom in front of their whole class. Amazing. By the way, wa- by the way, walked the principal, but I digress. Um, over Zoom, but I go, uh, "Hey guys, why was six afraid of seven? And they all, by the way, love to guess their answers because seven, eight, nine, mic drop. And then I go, "Why would? Why did the uh, teacher wear sunglasses?" And they're all guessing. They're all they love to just try to guess the answers. It's yeah. like, no man, this is not how comedy works. You guys shut up and listen. I deliver a punchline in a timely fashion. And then you feel something inside of you and you open your mouth and let it come out. And I take it and get through the evening. Um, so I go, why did the teacher wear sunglasses? One of them goes, cause she thinks she's cool. And the teacher was like, Hey, we are cool. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> teachers are always cool. I go, no, because their students were too bright. There was this tiny wow. Asian boy named Andy who had a Rubik's cube. He kept fucking with this kid was losing his mind. If I don't bring this kid on the road with me to cities that I don't draw well, I am not doing it right. <laughs> he was doing that overly laughy kid thing where like I know he enjoyed it but he was almost condescending because he was like every joke he'd go and I was like alright Andy take it down or not you're making me look bad <clears throat> oh uh, my but the God. principal when I, 
when, but the way when, the one that I walked the principal one, I, where I go, what did the uh, truck say to the? Tr- uh, what did the traffic lights say to the truck? They all guess shitty answers that they, you know, and then I go, hey, stop watching me, stop watching me, I'm changing, and I did it in that voice. Principal goes, principal goes, Ray, <laughs> signs off the Zoom. I guess it was too edgy because I'm talking oh about like a God. stop watching me. I'm changing. <laughs> Maybe it was the effeminate voice. I don't know. Yeah. I think if Alan, if Alan Seuss had told that joke, maybe uh, it'd be all right. But I- Well, hey, everybody. Dr. Phil here. Now, look, life can get uh, crazy. It can get tough. Uh, we all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, uh, but they don't, they don't give us the advice we need. I know I talk to my wife uh, when I'm in bed, you know, pillow talk, when I say, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about your excessive diarrhea. Uh, but it, look, if you've been in a low point and you might feel alone, that you're not alone. Uh, over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Talkspace, okay? Talkspace makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device wherever you are. A bathroom stall, a Panera, uh, even a, a massage pool. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with your licensed therapist on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. And that can get fucking tedious. So you can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy. I know my wife and I uh, have done that quite a bit because uh, it's good to get on the same page emotionally, sexually, and and uh, and 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 and, uh, and when you when you come. In addition to, to medication prescription services, they help you set goals uh, and make sure that you're progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop tools to cope in difficult times. They work around your schedule, send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist through the app. Schedule your live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. And whether it's depression, anxiety, or other problems, excessive diarrhea, wife, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. Thousands of licensed therapists are available for you to match with and start doing it now. Start living a better, healthier life. Feeling like the best version of yourself. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100, holy shit, off your first month with the promo code last night. That's Talkspace.com and get 100 buckaroos off your first month with the promo code last night. 100 bucks off when you use the promo code last night at Talkspace.com. We'll be right back. All right. I'm going to bring in uh, John Kite. Cool? Yeah, I've heard of him. Oh, you've heard of him. Here he is. He's in the Bellman. It's on uh, iTunes and Amazon. Everyone keeps saying Bellman. There he is. Look, it's Jonathan. one of the stars of the Bellman from uh, Amazon and uh, iTunes. Jonathan Kite. Jonathan Kite, ladies and gentlemen. Pastrami eater. Not <laughs> Pastrami eater. Not to be confused with... Uh, with John, what was the interview that we did for the Bellman now out on Amazon and iTunes? By the way, John and I did this interview where we waited for an hour in the backstage area. Oh, Willie was on first. Oh, yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Kentucky, by the way, Willie. What was look, it? You look great, baby boy. How are you, sweetie? What, what, hold on. What was the thing? The one for the Kentucky Derby when it was like. Oh, how <laughs> drunk were you? I was, pretty, I was pretty drunk by the end of the. I mean, I was going Tyler Durden life. He's like, I wasn't there. I was starting a fight club. Dude, you were there. It was you, same guy. I I was there, and I drank, you know, two glasses of bourbon. I mean, it was 11 in the morning. This is a Uh, glass for Willie. Yeah. (laughs) When I say glass, I mean a fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Glass bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
when's the last time you got yeah so that interview was bonkers we waited for like an hour after you willie they had somebody else on what was the guy's name john uh not dustin like avery templeton it was some weird it, it was like the the type of a guy that's trying to like sell you a fireplace but like fuck your wife like he had like a he oh like yeah a, that type of guy <laughs> you know you talking about an extra on the breathe. bellman out, out on no, iTunes. No, and what it was. Hold on. The greatest thing was, Willie, you, found, you, you escaped with your life. We, Adam and I are like sitting there in the green room, and this guy goes, when I was working in Canada, number one, no one asked. No one was like, regale us with Canadian <laughs> folklore. And he was bringing up, and by the way, the stories, not only were they lengthy, there was no punch at the end, and there were many of them. How was, many this the guy, was this the interviewer guy? No, it was a guy he was interviewing. He, he was a guy who was on like General Hospital for years. He was on... Um, I, I feel like Kim, Kim was like digging through her Rolodex to get people to, for this guy to have on this thing. Oh, That's what I felt like. I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, I guess he was promoting that he was alive. I don't know like what his... I don't know what his big like... <laughs> the, the reason, like you... I, here's the thing. He was living in Palm Springs and you could tell that he had been living alone with his wife and he was like that guy at the bank who I'm like, do you even have a Wells Fargo account or you, you're just here? Yeah. And that was him. Wow. He was just, he was just wow. in line. And, there, and, and by the way, the world was the teller that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. I was mad that they, uh, when they sent, did they send you bourbon? No. They, okay, sent us, well, they sent us Avery's headshot and a, and a password for porn. Okay, they, they sent me his reel <laughs> and a video. I was like, is this a self-tape? I'm not. I'm okay, the they, sent, they sent me two bottles of Old Forester bourbon. Oh, you're way more famous. And then, so, I'm, so I set up the little shot. I art direct the little shot that I have a, a big highball glass and the bottle of bourbon there. And then I'm so mad that they're obviously think they're doing a free commercial right. for Old Forester bourbon, which is not good, by the way. So I'm like, it's I'm not the mentioning bourbon every, well, I'm just talking about every other bourbon that I drink, like the whole time. I, like, yeah. well, I've never had this before. I mean, I drink, I drink good bourbon, like, uh, like Basil Hayden or Bullet. Like, I, I, I never drink this. I mean, I guess it's fine. <laughs> I was horrible. I was like the worst about it. They oh, lost my. money. On that free, <laughs> uh, have you guys um, have you guys watched the movie with friends or family, or watched it yourself, or or heard feedback from friends and family? Uh, I would say it is amazing how many people I know watched it. Oh, like, great! I, yeah, sincerely, people who would hit me up who were like, "Oh, just so you know." A friend of mine, Emily, who lives in St. Louis, was like, oh, by the way, I watched The Bellman. It was great. Well, it is cool. You guys have both been on hit series. And I think after a while, people, your friends and, and peers and family probably get so just, you know, in the routine of like, All right, yeah, if I like, oh, the show's on again, I can watch them. I can go back and rewatch or binge or, or record it. But movies obviously come and go at a different pace. So uh, I feel like there was a little bit more of an immediacy to people to be like, oh, shit. And also during these times, you know, well, I feel like people are starved. I think for that's part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Something that's new that, like, that doesn't feel 
like, oh, I, I didn't realize this is the app. Because that's what my like late night TV watching winds up being is just me looking for something to watch on Netflix. But I then I'm like, I like, I just give up and go to bed. And then not finding it and then going to Hulu and then finding something and then being like, I'll watch it tomorrow. And then going to PAX and being like, these guys are still fucking around. And then, <laughs> and then you get on Hallmark and you go, do you just get angry? Cause you're like, I could have been that best friend. And then Hallmark on to, demand. Oh yeah. And then you just go to willygarson.com and you just fucking pull out some lube. But, but so it I is think interesting. Like if you saw the, if you saw the posts, you saw the posts on like Twitter and people saying, I am looking for a movie to watch. Yes. And it's like, and, and people respond. And it's so, you know, think for the bellman, uh, you know, available on iTunes and Amazon. There it is. And, uh, but <laughs> they look and they, people are writing like, Oh good. I was looking for something to watch. Like, Oh, someone told me about right. something to watch. And I'm going to go watch it. Yeah. Like it's very, it's, it's very work. I mean, to have all those options, you don't watch anything. Right. But if somebody recommends something. Yeah, exactly. Then it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it and, out. And below, below deck sailing yacht is only on once a week. Oh, so good though. By the way, if we so could do the Bellman Two uh, electric boogaloo on a yacht, on a somehow, yacht on a cruise. I mean, dude, oh. where we all maybe we all, I don't know. Maybe it's like a yacht company hires. Well, here's us, the thing, or somebody it, knows somebody. Here's the thing: cruises are really popular right now, and they're gonna get really popular. How dare you? Uh, well, more we, popular. Well, there's, well, I was gonna say that we're, we could do one that's also a porn. It's cruises, and they go, "Don't worry, on this one you'll be able to get off." Oh, wow! The ship's been docked for years. Like coming into port. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, you can fuck on this ship. Guys, we got to be a little more discreet with the tagline. Oh, sorry. We printed those posters? <laughs> Only 20 of them. Oh, Thousand? good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I had booked a cruise, actually. Oh, to where? Humble brag. We were going we to go the on the get it. You can afford vacays. You get it. Wuhan. <laughs> They're small ships. It's a Paul Gauguin cruise around Tahiti. I wow. booked it for Christmas. I canceled it. And they're like, are you Veronica. sure you want to cancel? Like, we'll give you generous credits uh, to come back. And I'm like, no, I didn't really want to think about being on a cruise right now. It's like, no I, it's like the last yeah. place I want to be. Yeah. I got to be honest. I think cruises, I mean, you know, John and I are concerned about comedy clubs and obviously concerts for the masses. But cruises truly, and I'm not just talking about ships, the family, Tom Cruise's family, like, what are they going to do? They're yeah. invested in Carnival Cruise Lines. Well, I That's also how they named it. Like when you cruise down the highway, you can't even say that you anymore. Can't get off. Sure. Oh yeah, it's a convertible. You can't get off. It's sure. just like you become a, it's a sex crime. I Wait, Willie, what is your go-to? Mo- oh, go ahead. Hold on, Terry Cruise is fine because of diversity. Wow! <laughs> and just when you think the joke is dead, Willie comes in with the power slam pog on top. Wait, <laughs> and, and making it diverse. Speaking of Terry Crews, Willie, have you accosted anyone sexually in the last 24 hours? Um, no. And you are under oath. <laughs> 20, hold on, 24? <laughs> Wait, what, what is your go-to move on a cruise? You get there, you go where? I've been once in my life. For real? Yeah. I guess I've only been on like four, but and they were I'm all- I'm on one right now. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, we're hitting some- I know. <laughs> oh, God. Whoa. Whoa. We hit wait, a rough patch at the buffet. 
<laughs> Wait, real quick. If you were auditioning for a movie on a cruise, would you do that if it said the boat in parentheses, totally. the boat shake? I would. would. 100%. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm going to give I'm gonna give both whoa. of you. Well, John's, whoa, that's that? real good. Whoa. All right, whoa. you guys are actually making me kind of want to throw up. Well, I'm going to give you both dialogue for the same part, okay? Okay, go ahead. So the movie's we'll, called. We'll audition at the same time. Okay. The, the, the movie is called Cruising for a Bruising. And it's a, <laughs> not only is it a term that my Jewish Oklahoma mom said. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. Different movie. Different no, movie. no, same oh, movie, no. just not okay, in the side. Different scene. Different scene. Willie, read okay. the script. That's the closer. Okay. Your opener is the closer. When it's a guy that just starts to do that, and the guy on the other end, it's a Zoom meeting, goes, no, 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 and the movie just ends. Credits. <laughs> Blooper reel about that scene only, but it's uh, real weird. It's just all those takes. <laughs> Oh my god! And then, and then you find out at the end that the scene didn't even entail that. They just had to try to corral Willie from dropping trow. Guys, I have the script. It's not in there. He calls his daughter and says, "Happy birthday." Yeah, but why was that the shot we used? <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> afford an editor. The ADR. Hey, hey! I just want to say about my daughter. Happy birthday! <laughs> Wait a minute. Was the camera the urinal? Why was that a thing? <laughs> was Jeff Bridges the film critic? I wish it was the camera of the year. The camera oh, my God. Wait, wait, real quick. Jeff Bridges' review of Cruising for a Bruising. Okay. Jeff Bridges also using Zoom. I'll tell you something right here, man. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a little partial because my brother produced this movie. Is this it? Camera one? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right my God. All right, let me give you actual dialogue. That's, okay. that's a really fun bit, okay. but I don't want to. I don't want to. Wait, lose why that. don't you give us a scene, and we'll be <laughs> Willie can be the captain, and I can be a, a guy on the cruise, and we're but the the ship is you know. Okay, great. So Willie, okay. okay. So cruising for a bruising is a love story, uh, but it's action packed, where there's a guy who falls in love with the captain's wife, and kind of Titanic style, and uh, they're running off, and John, you are. You're just a guy who runs the karaoke night, but you keep God. seeing this couple fucking vibing, and you're trying to think, should I tell Willie he's the captain, it's his wife, but also, like, this guy paid me off to not say anything because one night he saw you really see them, like, hit it off when they were singing Endless Love. Hold on, let me write this down. <laughs> and you're Jewish. Go. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so does that last part inform it, or it's just more something for here? Just it's your subtext. So or is now, it something for here? We'll fix it in post. Wow. Okay, so you've walked up to the captain's office, and uh, and you've got something to tell him. And Willie, you're by the way, you got no clue. You just think that your wife, who you've given a job yep. so that she's not bored on the ship, is she loves karaoke. Right. Yeah. Well, and Willie's got a violent, angry past, and he uh, he at one point is going to say. This guy's cruising for a bruising, okay? That's okay, all you have to do. Here we go. Okay. Action. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh what the oh. fuck? <laughs> hey, uh. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, Lily, I, uh, Willard, I think that tiny steering wheel is, uh, is really, uh, Hold on. We're about to hit a rough patch. <laughs> We're about to hit a rough patch? What are we in right now? Yeah. Oh, coming back. 
I got a secret I got to tell you. I just came from karaoke and uh, there was a couple people that were doing, uh, I don't have to use this, it's not even plugged in, that were doing uh, Endless Love. And um, Oh, Cindy loves that song. Well, she was one of them. Yeah. And the, it doesn't and, surprise me. And the she towel loves karaoke. Fernando was the other one. Oh, nice guy. Very nice guy. Well, it didn't end so nice. What do you mean? I think you should know. I think they're together. Huh. And I only say this because I saw them having sex. Interesting. You know, that happened with my former wife, Barbara. I feel like Ando might be cruising for a bruiser. Cut. Um, Willie, first of all, your wife's name is Catherine, but well, we can let's just roll with that. Barbara's maybe a nickname for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, her name is Catherine Barbara. Not Perfect. everyone knows that. We're very Perfect. Close. We didn't even know that. Great. Yeah. Um, and uh, this. Didn't like it at first. Love it. We it's will. only when you have to go over, you know, because it's a ship. Fine. It's a very large steering wheel. You will have a steering wheel on the day of filming. Okay, yeah. good. Um, can we try it, one? Will it, will it keep changing sizes the way that Willie was? Yeah, it looked a little. And then oh, one is for that. the one is for the the keister. <laughs> you know, am I not familiar with the nautical terms? Catherine, will you come over here and do stuff to me? Well, you've got to do stuff to me first, sweetheart. Okay, how about we use some of our dame sex toys? What are those? I'll take it from here, guys. As we've talked about on About Last Night before, we all, as people, should seek out what's right for us and not compromise what's most important, which is relationships and the sex lives we're living, especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys that we think about our relationships? Well, Dame Products, who's that? I'll finish, Grandpa, is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Ooh, I love those. I love using them. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. You got it, Gramps. Their vibrators and accessories are made with the medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, I know I am. I know you are, too. They'll be sure to earn a spot on your nightstand. I highly recommend the Ava. What's that? It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative... Fuck, I can never say that. Penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia. Oh, yeah. For a snug fit. Oh, yeah. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. You don't like it within 60 days? Send it back and get it back for free. Go to dameproducts.com slash night today for 15% off site-wide. They got so much shit on there. And if you use the promo code about uh, last night, dameproducts.com slash night, you get 15% off everything on the site. Go to dameproducts.com slash night today for 15% off site-wide and start living a sexier nightlife. 
You got her, Adam. I'll make her come for you. That's not what I said. I do a lot of game no. shows. I love doing game shows. What do you mean doing them? Like guesting on game shows. Oh, love- yeah. What's the last one you've been on? Uh, well, the one I do now is called 25 Words or Less. It's fantastic. Oh, man. But- Who's the host? Uh, uh, Meredith Vieira. Awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Boy, she uh, really just pivoted well, huh? She I know from, like, like serious news anchor. Yeah, she was like another child found at the bottom of a Wendy's. Is also your clue. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just want you to know that is going to be told to Meredith Vieira. Oh, that is fantastic. That is love so it. funny. Wait. All right. Tell the take. Okay, so you love games. So I love game shows. I want to okay, host so, one. So I was, you'll love this. So you uh, did. I like I love to do uh my favorite to do is pyramid. Oh, that's back. It's the best. And I'm very I'm I have to say I'm 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 really You're tuned good. into that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get to the winner's circle, you have to say exactly what's in the square. You can't get around it. You have to say exactly what's printed there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I didn't I didn't win that round. Ricky Lake won the round. And she goes to the winner's circle with her somewhat uh, ghetto contestant mm. is the nicest way I could say it. Like, okay. like this woman was like, not, it was hilarious. Yeah, and, of and course. It, so they Does get Billy there. Does we're recording? It <laughs> cool. spins, the thing spins around and it says nautical terms. Now, literally, if you held a gun to my head and put me in a straitjacket for six weeks, you would not get me to say the word nautical. Nothing right. you could say to me right. would get me to say nautical. Right. And Ricky Lake is going, Port, Starbird, Ali, Knots, Captain. And the woman is screaming at Ricky Lake, in the ocean, on a boat. And I mean, we are, I'm literally wetting my pants, like on the, oh, across stage. God. And I, I just thought of it when you said nautical, like no, nothing would make me say that word. Nothing. No, that's a, that's an insanely difficult clue. Who, 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 uh, who decides those? Well, they do. There's an algorithm of words that you wouldn't come up with that are used least amount in the human lexicon. That's how they get away with that stuff. Wow. Is that true? No, but I, it feels right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um guys real quick we got to wrap this up but i want to know your uh f- some memories from the the filming of the bellman do you have a favorite scene do you have a favorite yeah actually favorite scene favorite uh um uh memory of filming and um and uh when you lost your virginity john we'll start with you so i lost my virginity to a girl that I was doing summer theater with. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, a lot of back rubs. Yeah, that, that turned into something more. Um, the hills were alive, not just the hills. And so... <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. It was, and, the best, uh, it was the best fiddler ever, I heard. Oh, fiddler, the diddler on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was an oh, alley. Don't say that. Don't go diddler on the roof. And go, um, <laughs> here's the thing. I would say by a uh, fiddler on the roof. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's also your clue. <laughs> yeah. People don't even, by the way, 
People don't have to listen to this episode. They can just watch it on you. Like, I get what he's doing. <coughs> oh I'll watch God. the Bellman. These guys are insane. Um, amazing. Yeah. All right. So uh, Summer Stock, you lost it. My, I think my favorite thing about that movie that we did together um, was the camaraderie and the friendships that we built, like going to Tombstone. I mean, listen, the film was, was great. And I, and I think that there are funny stories like about when, when you and I made up the whole Jeff Bridges thing, Adam. And well, it, that, that was all you. I just suggested that you do a voice and because you have so many talents and it was like, how do you, how do you find a way to insert? And that scene was so ripe for you to do that. And you oh, thank you. Yeah, and it was great. And Willie, you know, obviously you were, were on the other end of that uh, walkie talkie. And I think that that type of like fun that we had, which obviously we've all worked, uh, you know, a fair amount. You don't always get that sort of camaraderie, but like the group dinners to like the going back to the bars at night, uh, the bar, the hotel, and just like, getting to really know the people that you would have like, Oh, even if we weren't in this movie, I would still love you and want to hang out with you. And that's why I think so many of the friendships we did that movie almost two years ago. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I've done plenty of stuff till then since then. And don't talk to those people. Yeah. Right, but I think right. like going to tombstone <clears throat> was so much fun and it was like summer camp. And then we were all just living in that hotel. It, you know, it was like sweet life of Zach and Cody. And I finally got to do it. <laughs> So, which is what we were just filming one long episode of that show. Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting because it, when you say summer camp, because we're you know it was the the added dynamic was that we were technically living together. Oh, that's well. what I mean. Yeah. So it's like that really made the time off screen was just as fun as the time on screen. Totally. And that's that's really something to kind of strive for. Uh, but man. That trip to Tombstone was really friggin' great. I'm sorry. Yeah. That that was just great. And we could have filmed it, by the way. We could have filmed it as part of the movie. I mean, that's I that's know. it all seemed yeah. like part of the movie. Everything did. Uh yeah. Really, have you you've done more than John and I. Did do you did you walk away from that like going, man, that was like who knows? Cause I I'm sure you can attest to this too. And I've just from my small experiences and just from what I've heard from interviews you truly you know if you're if you're having a good time doing it you feel probably better about the outcome being in your favor right as far as like how it's received but you never know right like you never know your casting writing can be good how it's cut together could be a shit show and then the timing i mean there's just a lot of factors right but did you walk away or drive back to uh to la uh at very high speeds because you're a dangerous driver did, did you think that uh, did you think to yourself like, oh man, I had a blast. I'm, I'm already having fast. I'm <laughs> and I'm rhyming way too much. <laughs> oh my God. And you know I was texting, driving back the seven hours. I was texting Kite and Zuckerman the whole you time. Were. I know. That's awesome. And it's, it's, so it's like, it was just literally yeah. like, oh, well now this is our. That drives itself? No. What? No, that well, was, was like, dude. Willie drives with his knees. Well, he well his space work is this. He does a lot of this texting. <laughs> well, Constantly my car. When I'm, when I'm turning in my car, guys, he drove a bus <laughs> yeah. back. People don't know that about him. The bus from the Muppet movie. Willie drove that back. Guys, hold on. It was my that. my honey wagon. I was driving my honey wagon back. You can't say that in 2020. He's doing it with his knees <laughs> while he's texting. Different kind of honey wagon. <laughs> Wait, uh, the yeah, honey wagon. So Willie, did you you so you drove back texting? So you 
and then were you just like, man, that was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad. Absolutely. I and I, you know, it's funny. One, one actor in the movie, I won't say who, but <clears throat> said, said, uh, well, I just took the job because I love to play golf in the desert. Yep. Because uh, I'm an older Jewish character actor. Yeah. And then, but, but now really. Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? I thought you said but, Ellen. But I think was a little, uh, <laughs> what was a little thrown off by how, how friendly it all was. Right. And like, oh, well, these guys are going out to dinner and having drinks. I'll go with them. And I think it was not expecting that. Yeah. Well, Richard Kind and I worked out uh, one day and then went to, uh, before everyone came to uh, meet us for dinner. And he shared that same sentiment where he was just like, you know, I've worked enough. I, well, John, what did he tell me? Well, he said, I've worked enough. I, uh, I, honestly, I haven't read the script. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about the film at all, at all. I don't know the film at all. Well, it but takes place golf, the, oh. But I do know golf. I think that's, well, that's so good, dude. I literally, one night we had you do that for almost an hour and a half and it was. I was hosting the dinner (laughs) who was like, you know, I'll say, I'll say one thing about the film. I hate it. I'm kidding. We're having fun. We're having fun. I think you can, it's definitely an testament to, to, to Cam Fife and Jason Adler, the writer, director uh, team that, that put us all together and that like, man, Jay fucking busted his ass to make this movie happen. And, uh, and Cam was right there with them. Uh, and creatively, you know, they just figured it out and got, got a good group together. And like, man, it's like that, that is again, and you can speak to this more Willie, but like the casting is such a big part of it. Right. Cause if there was, if, if we didn't all want to have the best time and make the best movie and, and give a shit and try, then it's all, I mean, fuck man. It's that could have been, because, yeah, you are, we're all looking at it. It could, and be, coming, it could be miserable. It could be miserable. We, we all, didn't, ha- we didn't okay. really have a clunker in the bunch. Like, right. like I, don't, I can't think of one person that I was like, oh, God, I wish that person wasn't here. Yeah. Like, it, it was totally fine with everyone. And that's, that's really rare. I can't. Sure. It was, I can't. It was the woman who ran the bar in the lobby that wouldn't keep it open one night when we were. Oh, uh, yeah. What a- well, the only big reason <laughs> about that was they kept it open every other night. I know. And then it was, and, but, you know, it was, it was just weird that it was like, oh, tonight, is it, is, is it the Shabbos? <laughs> we also, I mean, it was such a great thing to be like, come back from a thing and then see the bar. And it was such a fun, it was like, go get one, meet, just one, and then we'll go to bed. And then one's maybe three. And then it's like, I got nine pages of dialogue tomorrow. You know, Willie's like, I got to fucking, you know, get sprayed on by, at a golf course. Euphemism. And, uh, and so, uh, there was no but goal. we, we made the most of it though. You'd say, I'd say, I'd say one more. Okay. I'll have one. And you would go one thirty, And I'd go, Adam, you don't wear a watch. <laughs> and he would go one more. Um, yeah. Or those no. dinners. I love this. When we would go to the dinner and it was always like, and by the way, God bless everyone who helped us out at those restaurants who had to wait on us, you know? Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's more customers than they've seen in a month. Than they have ever. They were like, they loved I it. wanted to be like, sorry, are you not open? Because we would be the party of 20 and we were like, they were like, oh my God. It was, it was like the Oregon Trail. Like we were the, their first customers that, yeah. that had set up this restaurant. And they're like, we got to get the kitchen ready. 
And we all ordered. Yeah. I mean, but we, I mean, the bills were insane. We all got drunk. Yeah, it was great. Well, we should pitch a sequel and get Cam to get on that. And maybe it's on a boat somewhere. Maybe it's not a cruise. Maybe another hotel. Maybe we all get fired. For for some reason, everyone is transferred to another hotel. Yeah. Hey, man, suspend your, uh, you know. Uh, Richard Richard owns another hotel. Boom. Wait, John? Two things. Number one, if it worked for Police Academy. Number two, he o- he's opening a hotel. And we're the best staff that he has, so we're going to go open this new hotel. Okay, and the opening scene... You totally buy that. Love it. You the totally opening scene is him at a boardroom meeting like you are right now, John, doing Richard. And it's a long monologue about what's going to happen. And then you pull back and see all of us sitting there. And he's like, so, can you start tomorrow? So let me hear the monologue that precedes that. All right, all right. Here's the thing. I know a lot of the investors, all right, all right, all right. A lot of the investors out there, they don't want to invest, but I have a solution. Mm-hmm. I have a solution. I'm gonna take my best men and women, and it's 2020 and women, <laughs> and I'm going to put them together. I'm not gonna be there because I'm gonna be playing golf. <laughs> and I filmed the scene out of the contract, so I only have to do one day. And- <laughs> I want you to meet them right now. Here they are, the Suaro Juniors. Oh, nice. We're- I wasn't sure I was going to make it out of the door, but I did. <laughs> wow. Why is, why is he so why is he diabolical? Why is he, why is he diabolical? Yeah, Mr. Burns he's at the end together. He's, he's the Hannibal from the A-team. He goes, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> All right, that's a beautiful way to end. You guys are the best. I love Adam, you both so much. Adam, where do we how do we see the Bellman? Like if I wanted to watch the Bellman, how would I You do are that? in luck, dude. The Bellman, which has won which is a critics choice award-winning film from countless film festivals. It's getting rave reviews on on Twitter and Instagram. Famous people are posting about it. Um, you can see it on Amazon, you can get it on iTunes. I think you can get it on Vudu. Uh, I only look, watch things on Voodoo, so thank Hoodoo. God. Hoodoo. 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 Oh, that too. <laughs> Wait, Richard Kind doing that real quick for Voodoo. Because Richard did so much press, which is awesome. Let's he say needs- Voodoo wanted him to do one thing where it's saying, now, Richard, the line is, you do, Hoodoo, Voodoo, watch the Bellman on Voodoo. And action. I'd watch it on Voodoo. Hoodoo? You do? Yeah, the Voodoo. Bellman. I'm one take. I'm out of there. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. I love well, you thank guys you, so man. Much. John, Great to see you guys. Yeah, we'll do this again live soon. Love it. Bye. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.